0: If you are exploring faith for the first time or just trying to figure out what Awaken is about, please don't hesitate to drop us a line and introduce yourself. We welcome any question you might have about life, the Christian faith, or Awaken Church. May God be with you as you listen. Well, hopefully, you have not come to Christ with the impression that now suddenly life is going to go really smoothly. Uh, At its worth, we we call this the health and wealth gospel. And at its worst, it's the idea that if you start sort of doing a few things that God wants you to do, then you're going to be healthy and wealthy. God is going to take away all your problems. He's going to heal you in every way you need healed, and he's going to shower you with all sorts of uh, lavish things. You're going to live in pain-free luxury for the rest of your life. That is the health and wealth gospel. And uh, that's not right. (laughs) Now, we should be careful not to diminish the parts of that gospel that are true now i'm going to shake your ground with some of you but stay with me god is a god of abundance when god is generous he is generous wow and is it better to have an abundance mindset than a completely negative dark view of life sure but that is only a very small sort of piece to the gospel. There's actually this bigger story, this main storyline. Like that's sort of this side storyline that from time to time God invites us, invites us to celebrate, and to see, to see glimpses. But there's the main storyline, and the, the main storyline is that God has called us into a very difficult life. God has put us in a place where we experience deep pain, great difficulty, serious trauma. And in that, God calls us to be people of joy. Uh, There's a phrase used in here to be filled with inexpressible joy. (laughs) To be happy internally because of difficulties that are happening externally. So that's a different gospel. That's the real gospel or the reality of the gospel. So I'm going to walk us back through this passage that we just read, but that's the main idea. Um, Let's start with Verse 1. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. So Peter is writing with authority on this topic for two reasons. One is he's an apostle. He's been with Jesus. Jesus has appointed him as one of the top 12 leaders of the church. So he has authority directly from Jesus. What he is about to say is the word of God. He is representing God. But he's also an authority on this particular issue, this issue of finding joy in the most difficult of circumstances because, well, he's, he's got it. He has been present for those things. He saw the, the example of Jesus. Right? He had his feet washed by Jesus. He understands that following Jesus is something different. It's about surrendering yourself, giving your life it's about entering into, being willing to enter into pain and suffering. So he's seen that. He knows that. Acts chapter 5, Peter and John, they are the first followers of Jesus to be significantly persecuted because they are followers of Jesus. All right, they go into the temple, and uh, through God's power, they heal a man who has been uh, lame He's unable to walk, right? Right? We know the story. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. Take up your mat and walk. They have just brought the most amount of good possible into this guy's life. They are called before the Sanhedrin, and it's only because of Gamaliel that they are flogged instead of executed. And they receive the Jewish... 39 lashes so as peter's writing this he has those lash marks which are permanent still on his back he has those scars and probably a number of other scars if he if his ministry was anything like the apostle paul's and church history bears that it was similar wherever he goes to share the gospel he is receiving all kinds of persecution and he's writing to a church that is being persecuted. Uh, these provinces that I read off earlier, those Roman provinces, uh, this is uh, the Roman breadbasket, its power seat, right? Eventually, the, ca- the capital of Rome actually moves to this area. And this is the area where cities are competing for Caesar's love, because that means they could potentially be tax free. And this Christianity thing, it's causing lots of problems. <laughs> It's hard to compete for who thinks Caesar is more like God when you've got a group of people saying, Caesar isn't actually even remotely close to being a God. There is one who is a God, who is the God. So they're making it very difficult. And, And so in this region, they are trying to stamp out Christianity. And so Peter is writing to people who are under severe, very intense persecution where you're being turned in by parents by children by co-workers if you go to a secret meeting on Sunday morning called church so Jesus invites us into this into this dance with difficulty right he says I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners uh, in the ESV, it says that he is writing to the elect who are living as exiles. Uh, when I read this, immediately the images that we put up uh, quite a while ago came to my mind. These images of people fleeing from Ukraine as the Russians attacked by the way that war is still going on. So hopefully we haven't stopped praying for the Ukrainians who are trying to uh, figure things out. Uh, who are dislodged uh, from their country, who are trying to repel the uh, continuing Russian onslaught. Hopefully we haven't forgotten about them, but these images stuck in my mind because I thought, what would happen if I needed to cram my whole life into a little carry-on bag? And that was all that I was potentially going to take with me for the next number of how many, you know, the next indefinite period of time. So Peter says, we are living as foreigners. This is not our homeland. There is a craving within us for home. Like, we realize, we get it. No, this isn't it. This isn't it. But it's difficult to be a foreigner, to be an exile, right? That's not an easy thing. It's a difficult thing. But at the same time, he says that we are chosen, that we are part of the elect, that we are a special kind of exile. We're a different kind of foreigner, someone who does have a homeland, someone who does have a father who is preparing a place for us. So being a Christian means you are invited into a dance, but it's a difficult dance, it's a difficult room, you have a difficult dance partner, It's a difficult dance, but we're invited to dance anyways. So I'm going to ask you to stand right now. We're going to dance. I know some of you are giving me attitude internally right now. I know it. Everybody's going to stand. We're going to do it. Now, some of you are uncomfortable with dancing. I know that. I am too. More, Less because I'm you know, unwilling to make a fool of myself and more because I'm not a good dancer and I haven't taken the time to figure out all the things like flossing. <laughs> but I do have a particular dance move. I'm just getting you comfortable with standing right now by the way. We're going to dance here in a little bit. But I've got one. It's called I call it a number of things depending on what is going on but it's a disco move. So you just get some disco music going in your minds, and this is, this is called the cookie mixer. <laughs> See that? you got to get into it a little bit. Everybody do the cookie mixer with me a little bit. Let's get a little cookie mixer going. You're thinking, this is totally ridiculous. I am never coming to church again. <laughs> all right, but let's put it in biblical terms here. So David, it says he danced before the Lord with all of his might. Whenever you hear sermons about that, you're always convicted, right? He's like, I'm never doing that. Well, today you get to check that off. you know, to check that box. We're going to do it today. Now, some of you, please don't dance with all your might. Just <laughs> calm yourself. Uh, we're going to play a song here that has the words that we're going to sing wherever we are. Whether we're on the mountain high or in the valley low. All right, this is the dance that we are called into. To sing wherever we are, whether we're on the mountain high or the valley of the low. Now, you can just watch me and do what I'm doing. It's not going to get too crazy, but we're going to, you know, we're going to get in. The music's easy to dance to. I can dance to it, so I know you can. All right? We're going to get into this a little bit. You can, you can do a little turn if you want. If you get desperate, cookie mixer. I'm telling you, that's where it's at. Okay, you can do actions, right? You can, you know, mountain high, you can point up. Valley low, you can point down. You guys ready? I have no idea what's about to happen. But this is going to be fun. Hit it. Start moving a little bit. Everybody move a little bit now. Yeah, just a little bit. It doesn't take much. Just a little bit. Just get a little movement going. Some of you are resisting. Just a little bit. Just dance just a little bit. You can clap. Just just move just a little bit. You're going to check it off forever. You never have to do this again. Mountain high, valley low. Woo! We're dancing now. You're going to remember this forever. Some of you, yeah. I think I see a little sway. A little I just need a little sway. Just a little sway. Just a little bit. I'm going to take the head shake as dancing. I'm going to accept that. All right, very good. Let's shut it down. Way to go, way to go. You can be seated. Uh, What you don't know is that we were filming you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we want to start a TikTok account, and that's how we're going to do it. But this is what we're called to to dance in the most difficult of circumstances. This is the story that Jesus invites us into. May God give you more and more grace and peace. This is Peter's prayer for the church, because we need it. Verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. <laughs> now we live with great expectation. The SV says we have a living joy. So we have this joy inside of us that is alive. Later on it's going to say, and I said this before, but we're to have this inexpressible joy. Like, we, we know something they don't. We've got something going on that nobody else has going on. Right? When everybody is, is having a difficult time, but this person is, like, you know, over by the window, like, singing and happy. And everybody is, like, wondering, what's wrong with that guy? What does he know that we don't know? It's that kind of thing, right? We've, we've got something going on in us. So we live with a great expectation. That's like having a sure hope. We know what's happening. Um, I'm going to come back to that here in a little bit, but verse 2 Verse 2, it says, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and His Spirit made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. But he says, you are known, you are chosen, you are made holy, and you are cleansed. He's telling the church in, you know, what, what is modern day Turkey, in the, in the seat of the Roman Empire, in the most difficult territory to be a follower of Christ, he is telling them, you are known, you are chosen, you are holy, you have been cleansed. There's more to the story than the fact that you are in exile, that you are a foreigner. you're a special type. When I, uh, as I grew up, I had uh, two older brothers, and I don't know if you have or had older brothers, but they're ugly, (laughs) and most of the time, they smell horrible, (laughs) and they're mean, mean, yeah, we have, you know, some of you know, older brothers, not a good idea. One of the things my older brothers would do to me is they would tell me that I was adopted. <laughs> and, you know, they would say, look, you don't remember. And I had to, yeah, I guess I don't. How did I get here? And they would say, you're adopted. We, we, we saw him bring you in. And so I would go to my mom, and I would say, you know, I need to have this heart-to-heart, like, I want to know. And she would say, well, uh, I'm not sure. (laughs) That's how I grew up. (laughs) Eventually, I learned to retort to my brothers. At least they chose me. They're stuck with you. So if you're adopted, now you know the line. All right, they chose me. This is a willful decision. I'm that good. So Peter wants the church to know that in these moments where you feel like an exile, where you're craving for home, you know you're not in it, but when you're craving for home, you need to know that there is a home. There is one who knows you, who has chosen you, who has cleansed you, who is working this whole plan on your behalf to purify you, to make you perfect, to bring you into his presence. You need to know that because, well, it's a difficult dance, and it's difficult to dance when things are not going your way, when things seem out of control when tragedy strikes. But we are called to live with a great expectation, a sure knowledge of the end result. Just trying to figure out, like, how do I, what do I compare this to? This idea of having, like, a sure knowledge of what, of what's happening and how, you know, how are we supposed to live? What image, what picture could I put in our minds to help us remember how we are to live and I what I came up with was a guy who was a gambler at a horse track you're thinking this is not a good comparison but just stick with me for just a minute how many of you have ever laid a bed at a horse track Okay, ah, we actually had a few more at the early service so but this is this is good we have some transparent people here now as you know Putting a bet down at a horse track is really stupid. You're thinking, I just raised my hand. You call me stupid? Yep. <laughs> because, as you know, you're very likely to lose your money. Right? That's why they have horse races, just so you know. They want your money. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now, I'm not speaking against gambling right now, that's another sermon. <laughs> but let's say you are that guy who's placed a bet at the horse track, you're very likely to lose your money, unless, unless your uncle is the fixer of the race. (laughs) Unless you know your uncle well and you know he has fixed the race. He's been in the room when the jockeys have discussed who's gonna win the race. And If you have never watched a horse race, you have no idea what a jockey is, that's the guy riding the horse. They're the ones who determine how fast and how slow and when fast and when slow the horse is going to go. And if they wanted to, they could totally decide who's going to win that race. And let's say you know that your uncle has fixed this race. And you know exactly which horse is going to win. Now let's say you lay that bet down. Well... You just went from stupid to being smart, because you know who's going to win the race. And as you're sitting there watching that race, you're confident the whole time. People who don't know how the race is going to end, they're nervous the whole time, because they've laid their money down and they have no idea how the race is going to go. So if any time their horse is not in the lead or not in the top three, they're getting nervous. They know they're about to lose their shorts. But because your uncle is the fixer, even if your horse is in last place, you're not bothered at all. These jockeys, they know how to put on a good show, they know how to add suspense to the race. But you're not worried because you know the race has been fixed. Not only are you not worried, but you got a little smirk on your face. Look at all those schmoes. They don't know. They're nervous. I know. Now I'm not telling you as a Christian you should smirk. (laughs) I'm just getting into the story a little bit. But you've got something inside of you that's giving you confidence about what's gonna happen. And so you experience that race in a different way than anybody else. You know the race has been fixed. You know that the end is sure. And so you are able to endure the difficult parts of that race in a dramatically different way. Right? And so, this is what it means to live with great expectation in the middle of the most difficult of days. When your horse is in last place, when tragedy strikes, when difficulties appear, you know that the race has been fixed. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance, this is verse 4, that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Uh, I have a safe, like a gun safe at my house. And... uh, I put all my treasures in that gun safe. Does anybody else have a safe at their house? It's like, okay. Now you know who to rob. <laughs> they, they, these are people who have enough you know, treasures to have a safe to hold them. <laughs> and uh, I like my things clean and neat and, and looking nice. And on my safe, there are these, at some point, some water got, I used to have it in the garage, so some water got sprayed on there. As a result, there's all, these, there's all this surface rust on my safe. It's a black safe, so this rust shows up uh, pretty obviously. And normally, I would, I would clean that off. As I've got stuff, and I'm not lazy. I would clean that off get rid of that rust. But I've chosen to leave those rust spots on there to remind me that stuff is really, it's going away. It's worthless. It's decaying. And I'm decaying. (laughs) Have you ever in sunlight, like rubbed your finger together really hard? You'll see little pieces of skin just falling. It's it's a good reminder that you are just slowly decaying. (laughs) Isn't that encouraging? (laughs) We are promised. An inheritance that is beyond the reach of change and decay. And through faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive the salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So we live with great expectation. The race is fixed. Right? We don't just celebrate Easter on Easter Sunday, by the way sorry if you wanted to get all that out of your system last Sunday, but we actually celebrate the resurrection of Jesus year-round. We live a life that is celebrating who Jesus is and what he has done. Like, that's how we live, even in difficult circumstances, right? We see the grave. We know the grave. But we also see that it's empty. We know how Jesus got there. We know that it was through difficulty, pain, tragedy, and death that he ended up there, but we know that he's no longer there. We celebrate the resurrection Uh, year-round. Verse 6, so be truly glad. Right? James says, consider it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds. Peter says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you have to endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire test and purifies gold. Uh, I recently uh, listened to a, a, a speaker speaking to preachers, pastors about Uh, The fact that in order for God to use them greatly, he was going to have to, he he has to uh, bring them through uh, places of great difficulty. He has to introduce significant pain into their lives. He said in order for God to bring certain things to life in our lives, he has to kill certain things. I decided not only did I not like that speaker, I did not like what he said. And internally, I was saying, I'm out. I don't, I don't need significance if it requires pain and suffering, tragedy, loss, death. Don't give that to me. But the Heavenly Father knows two things. He knows that we need those things in order to be formed in the way that he wants us to be formed and he also knows that we are able to withstand Do you know that he knows we are able to withstand the things he takes us through so have you ever wondered why they have mirrors in the gyms where people are working out there's a few different reasons I'll go through the surface ones first and we'll get to the one that's really important and then and that's good. One is they want the room to look bigger, just a space thing, right? Mirrors do that. Uh, they, they want, well, one of the reasons is there are some people who are actually already happy with how they look. Can you believe that? They want to see themselves. Let's put that in the category of those are bad reasons. Um, it's important to see your form, right? That's one reason you can, you can see your form. If somebody's like, you know, really kind of like with a big smile on their face doing this, and you ask them why they're looking in the mirror, and they say, I'm ah, just checking my form, they're not. <laughs> but the reason that it's, it's actually important and it's good to have a mirror is because it's important to see the results. All right? I mean that's why you're there is to get a result. And it's going to be incredibly discouraging if you never see the result. So in order to see the result you need to be looking into the mirror to see the result. It's important for us to look into the mirror, right? So that when your faith remains strong through many trials it will bring you much praise and glory and honor. On the day which Christ Jesus is revealed to the whole world. Right? I mean, it's good to see that the work God is doing in us is producing a good result. It is good to see that and to know that. Right? It's good to look back and say, I think I'm actually becoming a little bit more servant-minded and servant-hearted because of this very difficult situation God has brought me through. I think, it's, I think I'm actually a little bit more humble. I'm dropping some of my ego. I'm realizing this whole story really isn't about me. It's about Jesus, and it's about how I pour into others. Right, you start to see change and transformation, and you realize this is better. I like this. This is good. I can handle when difficult things come my way because I've been through some difficult things and God has sustained me. I've learned how to depend on Him and trust Him. And I like it. It's good. So look in the mirror and see what God has done, what He's doing. You might get to the point, and this is really the magic sauce but you might get to the point where you actually get excited about pain right paul got to that point said i want to join christ in his sufferings right i want to be there i like this pain because i know it is purifying me it is making me perfect it is making me holy and do you know that that is god's plan for you He promises not only not to leave you where you are, but he promises to complete his good work in you. He promises to make you perfect. And just think for a minute about yourself as a perfect person. Whoa. We don't do that very often because we just, well, no. Never going to happen. But that's actually God's promise for you. He will make you perfect. And he invites you into that process. He invites you to come to a place of enjoying that process. Eventually, you're like that personal trainer who says, Oh, you're going to love this workout. Right? And that's usually like an older saint who says, Don't worry. Don't worry. You're going to make it through. There's actually going to be a time in your life if you trust God with this pain. There's going to be a time in your life where you're going to see that it was actually better for you to go through this pain. This is actually good for you. I know it doesn't feel like it right now, but trust me. This is actually good for you. And I'm going to say, as an older, more mature Christian, I'm happy you're going through this right now. What? I don't think I want you mentoring me anymore. <laughs> they might even get a little bit confrontational confrontation and say, you know what, you actually need this. We are called to be filled with an inexpressible joy when we're going through difficult times. Have a little smirk on our face because we know that the race is fixed. Verse 10. This salvation was something that even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. And God gave the prophets like he gave them a gift and he said, You can't look inside, but you gotta wrap it up and put it under the tree. The prophets were like, Oh, you're killing me. I want to see what's inside. It leaves it for us. To We've, we've unwrapped it. We've seen it unwrapped. We know what's inside. Uh, I'm going to suggest to you, and this is Peter's point, I think, that our salvation is actually better than we can imagine. Better than we can even understand from what we're being told in the scriptures. That it's better. So he he goes to the, the two extraordinary sources that he has, prophets and angels, right? There's, there are people are intensely passionate about the, the value of the prophets. Like Peter goes into his Jewish mind, right? He's like, well, how can I explain to people that this salvation thing is off the charts good? The first one he says, hey, even the prophets who like stood face to face with God like Moses... Moses wanted to know about this thing that we're experiencing. Moses wanted to know more. He knew that God had more. Moses. Remember Moses? Kind of a big deal. Oh, and if that's not good enough, the angels. There's like a group of Jewish people. They're like basically worshipped angels. They were so impressed by the angels, right? So Peter here is saying, These angels. (laughs) They want to know what's going on because this is not something that God is just sending us out to do. This is not an errand that God has sent one of his angels out to do. God has not even employed one of the archangels, one of the the top-tier angels, right? This is something that God is doing himself. The king is stepping off the throne to go do this thing. This is big news. So the angels are... Watching in awe and wonder this story roll out, our story, the story we're in, the story that we're called into. There is something so far beyond that will blow our minds that is waiting for us in this salvation story. So much more, right? We are known, we are chosen, we have been cleansed. We are being made holy. One day we will stand perfect before the throne of God. And God has come on our behalf. He has pursued us. Right? This is not a story of God pursuing the angels. God is pursuing us. This is big So may you find joy in the journey. I'm pretty confident if we just took a while and went around and heard stories from each of us, we would probably be weeping again and again and again as we each just kind of told our story of how our heart has been broken or the difficult situations that we are in the difficult situ- situations that we are very close to, family members. Like, this, is not, this is not an easy thing. But God has called us to dance anyways, to sing anyways, to be filled with joy anyways, because we know. We know what lies ahead. We know that it is worth Every moment of struggle, every effort to stand firm, every time we work towards keeping our hope and our faith, it is worth it. So we're gonna close by singing a hymn together. Christ, if you wanna go ahead and come on up. Uh, I'm a little bit old school. I know I look very hip and trendy <laughs> and, and young, like I'm just like, you know, fountain of youth. But I'm actually a little bit old school. So we're going to sing a hymn. Are you excited to sing a hymn? This is a good one. One of my favorites. My children and my wife get to hear this as I'm just belting it out around the house. (laughs) I know. It's the hymn, Blessed Assurance. And this is just a a declaration that this is what we do. We're sure of our hope. We're sure of our hope, regardless of our situation that we are in. We are sure of our hope. Please stand and sing with us. Thank you again for listening. It is a joy to be able to share God's truth with you. Hopefully you found this teaching helpful to your understanding of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's world. And hopefully you are inspired to take a further step of faith. Please let us know how we can be praying for you as you continue your journey. If you live in the Anchorage area, you are welcome to join us any Sunday. And we have an Awaken 101 event every six weeks, and this is also a great way to find out more about our church. Please sign up for that event by going to the Events tab at our website, awakenalaska.com, and looking for Awaken 101. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends, and we will see you next week.